Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Our special guest today is Morgan Zegers. She started a group called Young Americans Against Socialism. I happened to catch, uh, you know, some of your things on social media and and looked and looked uh, you up and saw all the things that you were doing. And Morgan, I want to thank you for coming on today. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started against this fight against the disease of socialism. Of course. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. And uh, of course, I'm a little biased, but I think socialism is is the most important issue facing our country right now. And I just want to be a part of the fight. And so. I think it was probably around November 2018, I saw a poll that said now a majority of young Americans, people my age, would choose socialism over capitalism. I think it was from Gallup. And just the, that idea that now a majority of the future generation that is going to lead this country supports an idea that has failed so many countries before it, pretty much every single country, actually, it does not have a good record. It, it's very troubling to me. And I just assumed after no, I have a very good knowledge of history. I, I think I am very well read on it. And knowing about the failures of socialism, I would just assumed that nobody would ever support that in an amazing country like the United States of America. And so I looked into it. And I really I, I was excited by what I found, because I do not think that 58%, like the poll said, of people my age actually want to seize the means of production, actually want to get rid of capitalism. I think they're just being lied to, and they have great intentions. And so when you hear far left politicians promising them the world, saying that socialism is more compassionate than uh, capitalism, you have a lot of people that are uneducated and well-intentioned, and they're being tricked. And so at Young Americans Against Socialism, we try and bring educational videos onto social media because 90% of young Americans have a social media account. And we hope that those educational videos are not going to shame them and say, you suck for supporting socialism or you're an idiot, you're not smart, we need to re-educate you. Instead, we just want to equip them with the truth that they deserve. And so the failures of socialism and, of course, most importantly, uh, realistic solutions that we can use to solve today's problems that do not include the state taking over the means of production of major industries in our nation. Well, you just recently graduated college, just to give our listeners kind of a perspective of where you're coming from, correct? Of course, of course. And what's important with YAS is we're a 501c3. We're a nonprofit organization. We're not political. And when I hear people make it political, I say this is not Republican versus Democrat. This is to make sure that everybody in our country understands that there's a difference between Denmark, uh, Nordic Europe, that kind of uh, economic policy where it is capitalism with huge taxes, huge government programs. And there's a major difference between that and Venezuela, Cuban socialism. And that's what Bernie Sanders has been advocating for for decades. I mean, his government website in 2011 quoted an article that said the United, uh, the American dream is more apt to be realized in Venezuela than in the United States of America. So it's concerning to me that he's down telling my generation, if we scrap capitalism, we'll end up like Nordic Europe. It's just it's a lie. And so we want to set the record straight and say, be a Democrat, be a Republican, whatever. But understand that to pay for any programs in the United States, you need the wealth created from capitalism. Well, and if he's trying to uh, say that we want to emulate Venezuela, I don't know how many people want to eat out of garbage trucks. <laughs> I know. It, it's very, very troubling. And I don't know if you recently saw uh, over the last few days the Project Veritas films that have come out where they have a staffer on the Bernie campaign in Iowa yep. talking about how 
He really, really loved the idea of gulags. We need gulags in the United States. What Cuba did to kill the people that were against the Castro communist revolution, that was a good thing because the people they killed were against the revolution. Um, and so what we do at Young Americans Against Socialism, we have filmed the stories of people who have escaped Cuba, people who have lived through the hell of Cuba or have had family members killed by Che Guevara and Fidel Castro. And that's the same guy that a Bernie Sanders staffer is now caught on tape praising and praising their style of killing. And so it's very concerning. And that's why I really appreciate other groups are are focusing on this rise of socialism and communism and, and catching people saying what they say in private that they really don't want the American people to hear. Well, and I know you tell your story if people look online, but, you know, in college you ended up having a room with a communist and you happen to see a poster with her promoting um, probably some of the most dangerous, evil people of the 20th century. Yes, and, and that's something I always include in my speeches to kind of set the tone for the situation we're facing because when I talk about my generation being well-intentioned, they are being so tricked by it and so consumed by this idea that they're advocating for something that's nice. Uh, when I walked into this girl's room the first time I met her, I had, I had moved off campus into a house with some girls, and I knew some of them, but I didn't know some of the others. And so when I introduced myself to this girl on the first day, I'm looking on her bedroom wall, and I kid you not, there is a poster of Mao Zedong, Lenin, Stalin, Karl Marx, and Fidel Castro on her wall, and it said, welcome to the party. She couldn't find Pol Pot? No, right? I mean, I guess they just couldn't fit him on because he's just <laughs> as bad as the other guys. And and I was just shocked because I had never seen those men in a setting outside of like a black and white documentary or a, a black and white picture on a textbook from a history class. And there she was talking about how she can't wait to help America and she's so driven to help the poor people in this country. And she really thinks communism is, is the best way to help people suffering in the United States. And it was crazy because she's talking about being compassionate. She's calling Republicans mean because we don't want to put taxpayer dollars behind our policies. And then she also has a poster of mass murderers and dictators on her wall. So it was crazy to, to see the contrast. And I just I want to make sure that people like her, especially I mean, I don't think everybody my age is an actual communist like her. But I, I think Thank goodness. My age wants to be compassionate and they're falling for the lies of the left thinking that socialism and unfortunately something communism would be better than capitalism. It's, it's shocking. Well, I actually preached on this subject just a couple months ago, and I had people come up to me and say, you know, what about democratic socialism? And, you know, where is the church? Why is the church so against socialism? I said, well, the church has been against socialism since the 1800s and has been writing about it because of the evils that it does. I mean, you know, socialism tells us we're going right, to get rid of poverty, yet it increases poverty. You know, it attacks religion, right? And, and and in the end, it decides we know what's better for your kids. And, oh, by the way, we know what's better for you than you do. Of course. And, and there's a million things I could say after that, because, uh, of course, you have people that are like, Jesus was a socialist. But <laughs> I think the most important point you said was people are like, oh, democratic socialism is different. It's different. And for me, I get so confused because I, I talk to a lot of college students and they say, well, we really need government to come in and protect workers and protect uh, consumers because capitalism is oppressive and capitalism exploits workers and consumers. And, and it's just so evil. We need government to step in. And I want to be like, uh, do you know we have a republic? Like, do you know we have Congress and state legislatures and local governments? We have many, many forms 
of a good government, good politicians and good leaders stepping in when you have bad actors under capitalism. No system is perfect. But if you really believe that we just need to fix the problems that businesses can sometimes create, then you should be a democratic capitalist and advocate for for well-intentioned regulation that is reasonable, nothing over the top. But in the end, it's, it's like capitalism has succeeded more than any other economic system. And for you to act like just because we have some problems in society that we need to work together to fix, we need to scrap the system completely and then adopt socialism. It doesn't make it any more democratic than what we have now. And unfortunately, under Venezuela, you saw a the most resource rich democracy in Latin in South America was they were a democracy. They democratically elected Hugo Chavez, who promised a lot of free things like Bernie Sanders is now. He promised a socialist society with with no problems, very utopian promises. And what do you know? This democratic process elected a socialist leader who enacted socialist economic policies like he said he would. And what do you know? The the country is now a dictatorship with people starving in the streets. So socialism and democracy do not go hand in hand. And socialism will lead to the destruction of democracy. So it really, really frustrates me when they call themselves them socialists. I know I'm going on a rant right now. But on top of that, if you look on the Democratic Socialists of America website, they specifically talk badly about capitalism. They blame capitalism for the problems. And then on top of that, they say ridiculous things like they're going to uh, have the state take over the means of production. And on top of that, they want to get rid of things like undesirable jobs and pay people who have to work the undesirable jobs they can't get rid of uh, even more than people working desirable jobs. So they are very much just socialists who call themselves dem socialists to uh, market themselves in a nicer way since socialism is a murderous ideology. Well, and you could put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. You can call socialism democratic socialism, but it's still socialism. I don't care what you call it. Well, that's a shorter way to say what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I get on such rants because this really frustrates me. I don't know. Oh, it it drives me up the wall, which is why I have you on. I mean, it, it just the thought that somebody because they get can get free stuff. You know, I can get my debt wiped away. I can get free health care. I can get all these things that it's going to make it better. It makes no sense whatsoever. This remember, our government can't run a post office without losing billions of dollars. Yet they're going to take over the entire economy and make it work. Yeah. And that's the funny thing is they they bring up their examples of where uh, we have moved forward as a society because of progressives. They they talk about Social Security. They talk about the VA. They mention all these programs that are failing. <laughs> They're absolutely failing. Maybe they were great short-term solutions. And of course, some things look great on paper. And, and I don't blame the people who started these programs because I know they were trying to help. But it's just the, the natural system of government that we have is never going to work if the government controls major aspects of your life. It's going to fail. It's going to run out of money. And that's what we're experiencing with Social Security. So especially what's frustrating with my generation is we are paying into Social Security. We're probably never going to see that money again. The program's going to fail by the time we want to receive that those payments. And they still don't understand the failure of government when government steps in at a large level. I wish that they could learn lessons from that. And they're not they're not connecting the dots. Well, you have to ignore reality in order to go where they're going. I mean, it makes zero sense. I mean, heck, there probably won't be Social Security when I get there, and I've been putting in for over 30 years. So, oh, you know, man. when they... I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But we, I, I guess, you know, what I'd like to kind of get from you is what's, what's so attractive to the young people? And the other piece of it, why don't they do their homework to really find out the truth? Why do they buy everything they hear? 
Yeah. Um, well, for the first part, how, how do we get here? I think something I talk about in a lot of my speeches, especially when I'm talking to younger crowds to, to show them exactly what's happening with our generation when it comes to socialism. I talk about a lot of the research that I did before I started YAS and, and what I found, I tried to correlate different times socialist movements happened in history and, and how the tactics that the left used back then uh, emulate what's going on in the country now. And there's there's quite a few things, but the top three that I, I focus on are, first of all, language. Uh, I don't know if you've, you or your listeners have read The Road to Serfdom by Hayek, but I really, really appreciate one of the parts where he talks about socialists coming to power have to control the narrative. They, and like you said earlier, they have to kind of distort reality and, and ignore reality. And so Hayek says they will change the basic words that we always use, the definitions of those basic words. So seeing that today, I see a Bernie Sanders 2020 campaign video where he literally says, he says, what is freedom? And then a bunch of young people go, am I free if I have student loan debt? Am I free (laughs) if I have high health care costs? And this is the worst one. Am I free if I only work my dead end job just to get health care insurance? And unfortunately, uh, yes, you are free. I hate to break it to you guys. You're very free in all of those situations. They're frustrating situations, but you are still free. And unfortunately, the video follows that up with, nope, you're not free. And it says freedom comes from economic freedom. And economic freedom comes from Medicare for all. Freedom is Medicare for all. Freedom is student loan forgiveness. Freedom is the Green New Deal. And they are literally right before our eyes changing what freedom means. It's no longer freedom from an oppressive government. It is now freedom from the responsibility of living your own life and having to forge your own path and take care of yourself and your family. So that's the first step. But I think one of the most important things we need to focus on is every socialist movement throughout history. They have to create uh, c- class division. They have to drive wedges between the classes and really create a sense of, ooh, I want forced wealth redistribution. And when Castro and Che Guevara were coming to power, they went from peasant town to peasant town on their way to Havana, the capital. And they would stop at these peasant towns and they'd, they'd go, hey guys, I know you're really struggling right now, but guess what we're going to do to show you what it's going to be like when we're in power? You see those rich landowners over there? We just took their animals and we're going to give them to you because you deserve them. Those evil rich people with all that land and all those animals and all the money, we took this forcibly from them and we're going to give them to you because it's right and it's fair. So now flash forward to 2019, 2020, where we are right now, you have maybe, what is it, 45 million Americans experiencing student loan debt. You have Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren saying, just elect me and watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to take away all that debt. All those evil rich people on Wall Street, all those millionaires and billionaires, they have money that they don't deserve. And if you give us power, we will forcibly take it from them and give it to you. So I, I really think they're using student loan crisis to trick our generation into supporting wealth redistribution. The third one and the final one, think about climate change, something that all socialist leaders have to do to come to power. Lenin did it with World War One. Uh, it, it's happened each time where they create the sense of fear and urgency among the population. And I see that today in climate change. They are literally saying the world is going to end in 12 years unless you support our Green New Deal. And AOC's chief of staff, one of the guys who wrote the bill, admitted that the Green New Deal started as a way to socially or as a way to economically restructure the U.S. economy into a socialist state. And then later on, they slapped the sticker on it to label it 
to climate change. So that's three boom, 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 three ways that the left is using uh, their tactics to trick my generation into supporting socialism. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe I'm way off base here, but nobody puts a gun to somebody's head to incur student debt. Right. They choose to go to a place they can't afford and pay a lot of money. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Exactly. And, and what are you going to tell to the people who maybe just finished paying off their student debt after paying it for years? I think the problem of focusing on who is paying for it and not focusing on why are colleges charging hundreds of thousands of dollars for a four-year degree, we're, we're not focusing on the real issue here. And so when you say it, the issue is who pays for it and it needs to be free Medicare for all, free health care for all, free uh, college for all. When you're just saying basic talking points like that, you're taking away from the opportunity to have serious conversations about how to reduce the cost of higher education, how to reduce the cost of health care, and how to protect the environment. So really, we're trying to evade responsibility, and, and then we're going to get into debt so that we can be indoctrinated into the socialistic uh, way of thinking, because let's be honest— most colleges are about as left-leaning as you can find. I mean, that's that's. I mean, in the in the end, the other side is pretty smart, right? They go after they go after the kids, and they go after the education system, and they've done unfortunately very well in terms of trying to do that and indoctrinate people. Yes, and when you think about the education system, there are in many situations, I believe. Uh, a, a movement from the left to indoctrinate our kids. But I think one of the most important things happening in the classroom is just the lack of information. Uh, when you learn, or at least when this happened to me, when, when my class was taught about, um, you know, socialist leaders or communist leaders, it wasn't necessarily we were learning about socialism and communism and the, the false promises that they gave to the people in their country. It was more about these people were bad men. They were dictators. They seized power, they starved their people, and they killed their people. And they didn't really break down. These men were socialists, communists, Marxists. They promised their people really great things, really free things. They could not fulfill those promises because socialism and communism lead to starvation and an economic failure. And that's why people starved. That's why you started having revolts. That's why they threw them in gulags. That's why they, they started killing people. It, it, they didn't start with what really happened in the beginning. They just started with the end result that it was a dictator, a bad guy. And I, I wish that we can focus, I, I hope to focus more in 2021 uh, about what's going on in the classroom and how we can hopefully have an impact on the curriculum. And oh, by the way, they were atheists, right? So where faith says the person is most important, in socialism, the person is a cog in the machine, right? It's the government that has everything. And, you know, I, you know, you're probably the age of my kids or my kids maybe a couple years older, but I remember when they were playing sports, they started introducing everybody had to get a trophy. Every single team. You come in last place, you get a trophy. So I, when my kids were on the team, I said they don't get a trophy. And the parents were like, you're going to do what to your kids? I said they didn't win anything. They're not getting a trophy for participating. If they win the division or win a league or whatever, okay, give them a trophy. But they're not getting something that shows that they have achieved some great success when they haven't. And that's the thing. I think back to like when I was a when I was playing rec soccer and in middle school or elementary school, and I remember the parents on the sideline joke about like, "Oh, 
what's going to happen to these kids when they grow up and they're so used to getting participation trophies for everything? And, and well, now we know they grew up and they became socialists. So I, it's, it's something that young Americans against socialism, we can educate them and we can equip them with the truth as much as we want. And we can put that educational information right in front of their faces. But you cannot really change people's values. It's about how you're raised. It's about the family that you have. It's about the life you experience. Your values of hard work and earning something and earning a living and, and providing for yourself and your family. No organization, no movement can really have an impact on that. And so reaching behind that barrier is, is something that if anybody knows how to do that, please let me know. Yeah, I, I was the hated parent at the ball field. I'll tell you that because, I, you know, I was cheap. I didn't care about my kids. And uh, I'm like, well, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense to me, and I'm not doing it. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I, that's the thing, too, is I always try to remind people the enemy in this is not young people that think they want socialism. Like a Victims of Communism poll came out that said 70% of people my age would go for a socialist. Uh, one in three millennials want communism, some really crazy stuff. It said like one in five young Americans don't believe in private property or think that private property, if it was abolished, our society would be better off. I don't think that the people who say, oh, I would vote for a socialist, 70 percent of our generation, I don't think they actually want to seize the means of production. I think the people at the top are to blame. And so when we talk about messaging and fighting this, I listen, I love a good Republican versus Democrat fight. I, I love I think the left has some really dumb stuff. Sometimes we also say some dumb stuff sometimes. So calling each other out, having debates in person on Twitter, whatever, that's fine. But for the specific issue of socialism, we should not be attacking people my age who think they want socialism. We should be reaching out to them and saying, I know you have these issues you care about. Here's why our issue, our ideas to fix those issues are even better than the false uh idealistic solutions that the left is telling you. Well, and you know, you were talking about class warfare and everything. You know, this is really the famous tactic of community organizers, right? I mean, the father of which was Saul Alinsky, who talked about you have to create an enemy. And so let, let's create an enemy. And oh, by the way, Saul Alinsky dedicated his book to the devil when he wrote it. But these are the same tactics over and over again, right? Instead of having a debate like you're talking about, they have to create an enemy, get people angry, and then they lose all track of why they're angry or what's going on. But you got to you got to get rid of them. Yeah, well, and that's why I think it's so important when you have people exposed for what they are saying. I when you have Antifa and they are carrying around communist hammer and sickle signs saying that they are the anti-fascist. And that we, the, the conservatives, like literally just basic Republicans, conservatives, we are fascists. And then you have footage of Bernie Sanders employees saying that violence is necessary if you are a fascist and that you deserve to be killed, that you deserve to be thrown in a gulag, that Bernie Sanders free education policy, that promise to freely educate everybody is specifically to just teach people to not be a Trump supporter or a fascist. That's concerning. And you have a lot of people that say, oh, no, no, it's just one employee. But that's not how Project Veritas operates. You know that they are going to have a ton of more employees coming out over the next few weeks. And I'm excited to see that because I worked so, so hard to show people that socialists are violent, they're radical, and they're lying to you when they say that they are democratic socialists just trying to be like Nordic Europe. They are lying. And I am so, so excited to see what's about to be exposed because Bernie Sanders cannot be anywhere near the White House. 
No, the fact that he's even <laughs> that he even got elected to office, period, should scare people. And can you imagine if your group hung, if, walked around with hammer and sickle? You got to be thrown in jail. Well, it, what's crazy to me, Bernie Sanders, this is for anybody out there who doesn't think their vote matters. Bernie Sanders got elected to his first office with 10 votes. He won by 10 votes. And now this man has built himself up, built his movement. He honeymooned in the USSR. He praised Ortega, trained with Ortega and the Sandinistas in the, the forests of Nicaragua. He praised Venezuela, said the American dream is more apt to be realized there. He, he praised Fidel Castro when he came to power, said he was so, so excited to see the, the socialists in Cuba rise up against the ugly rich people. This same man won his first public office by 10 votes, and now he is one election away from the U.S. presidency. That's why your vote matters. That's why you need to vote in your local elections, because now this guy got his first taste of power, and look where he is now. Well, first of all, elections have consequences, so I'm glad you brought that up. The other thing that is so ironic, right, is that all these people railing against capitalism got their money in capitalism, and now they want to trash it and make sure nobody else gets any money. I, that, that's what I'm, like, Bernie Sanders, he's now a millionaire. For years, his messaging has been against the millionaires and the billionaires. And now, of course, he's a millionaire. So he is no longer saying that. He's just saying the evil billionaires. <laughs> it's, just, it's laughable because there's so much footage. Like, that's the best part about being in the digital age. First of all, you have Project Veritas. You can record people saying what they don't want to say in public. You can also look back through all of the decades and decades of footage of Bernie Sanders, where he's praising Fidel Castro. He's praising the USSR, saying that their, their public transportation was just so great. And then on top of that, you can then compare it to what they're saying now and call them out for exactly the lies that they are telling. And that's what's so beautiful about 21st century technology. You know, I think what you're doing is so important to get out to talk to young people so they're not buying the lies hook, line and sinker. And, you know, we're down to just a little bit less than a minute to go. Again, how can people follow what you're doing and really be educated on the truth? Oh, thank you. Our website is fightsocialism.org. And so we're kind of doing month by month different subjects for the next year where this month we're talking about the language that the socialists use, really setting the definitions of what socialism is versus capitalism. Uh, and then in the next few months, one month will be about how socialist leaders come to power, how those false promises never really come to fruition. We'll talk about healthcare policy, environmental policy, all the great stuff. And we're very excited. So uh, please go to fightsocialism.org to see our videos, see our content. Of course, it's also posted on social media at Young Americans Against Socialism. But if anybody out there also wants to donate to support this and help us keep making more content, we would really appreciate it. It's at fightsocialism.org. Well, mate, Morgan, I can't appreciate how much you were on and, and really all the work you're doing, especially with young people, because if we don't turn that tide, we're in deep trouble. <laughs>